2: And I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
0: We are 1,363 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Melissa from Cutting Through the Matrix. Melissa, it's once a fortnight. It is good to see you. How was your Thanksgiving?
1: It was nice, Johnny. Thank you. Too much food and a nice gathering of family. And then we went over to other family a couple of days later and did it all over again.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Everybody was healthy. Everybody was happy. Everybody had a great time. You had a lot of pies, I'm assuming. Yeah, pies are my favorite thing.
1: Yes. I I love them. There was pie. There was cake. There was just all kind, all type, all types of good food. Way too much, but really good.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, that's what you're supposed to do on Thanksgiving. We're supposed to just stuff ourselves like a like well, I guess like a turkey, and then we're supposed to sleep, and then enjoy the uh, the I guess the football game that day, and
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: and then let let everybody just uh, beat each other up the next morning when we go out to get on the Black Friday deals, right?
1: That is the ritual. I don't do Black Friday.
0: No, I don't either. I I was actually, I was asking Bruce last week. I said, "Did you did you take part in the season's beatings this year?" And he says, "No, but I (laughs) should (laughs) have." All right. Um, it has been uh, a crazy couple of weeks since you've been on, and I I think we've got more than enough to discuss today. Uh, But before we get into it, I would. Like to get your opinion on the? Um, I might have I might have to get a tissue here. I might be choking up when I when I ask you this. <laughs> the uh, you can see the tears that are rolling down my cheeks already. Um, the uh, the passing of the late great uh, Doctor Henry Kissinger. Yeah, he's he has passed, uh, and I I thought that you might have a thing or two to say about that.
1: Uh, yes. Um, the the Redux that I posted Sunday. I actually had a little segment just dedicated to Henry Kissinger. I I think the main thing that, you know, there's a lot that's been said about him and I probably everybody knows about some of the atrocities like Cambodia and they know the quote, you know, that military men are dumb, stupid animals to be used for, you you know, policy, foreign policy. But I'm not sure I hear enough about Memorandum 200. So that's one of the things that I stressed is Memorandum 200 was something that he did, you know, authorized by Nixon, but under Kissinger's supervision. And in a nutshell, it is food as a weapon. But there's much more to it than that. And people talk about When I've heard on, you know, alternate or truth or radio, that kind of thing, when I've heard people talk about it, they often talk about it as if it's an ancient artifact, something from the 70s. Oh, you know, look what they were thinking. But actually, many of the elements of that white paper have been put into policy. And many things have happened around the world. And the one that I mentioned or brought up in the the redux, was the forced sterilization of 200,000 women in Peru. And that's a direct outcome of Memorandum 200. So it's a depopulation document. Um, Ostensibly, it was created to exert pressure on countries that weren't conforming to whatever they needed to conform to so it's you know it's embargoes it it covers a lot of ground but it is it's basically a chilling terrifying document on depopulation and
0: but it fits the uh chilling terrifying view that henry kissinger was most of his days he was not exactly somebody that i would look to and say boy that's a smart guy right there i'd really love to to hear his opinion on things no
1: no and, and you know this this is this is out there, and I I made a couple of kind of veiled comments about this and the Redux, but I'm going to just go all the way out there on this limb with you right now.
0: Please do. We like going out on limbs and falling all the way down and climbing back up and doing it all over again.
1: Well, the he's but you know he's called a diplomat, a statesman, a war criminal, depending on who you talk to, but. If you look at his CV, his resume, the big thing was Secretary of State. And so that got my mind going to U.S. Secretaries of State in the last, oh, say, 30 years. And they're all evil, vile people, the worst kind of people that you can imagine. You've got Madeleine Albright, who says that the deaths of 500,000, mostly women and children in Iraq because of the embargo, that was worth it, she thought. You know, difficult, hard, but worth it. You've got Condoleezza Rice, who was, ugh, you know, she's just a, a another creature. There's Colin Powell of the, you know, weapons of mass destruction.
0: The aluminum tubes and the, the vial of I, I, sugar. Oh, Excuse me, anthrax, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> and they're all just... Terrible, um, terrible people. You've got Hillary Clinton. You know, we came, we saw he, oh, died. he died.
0: Yeah, Gaddafi. I mean, yeah. To,
1: yeah. I, 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 that remains for me what happened to Gaddafi. Actually, what happened to Libya um, and, and all of the machinations behind the scenes, because whatever Gaddafi was, and I'm not raising him up on a pedestal, but he did have programs that worked for the average Libyan citizen and the country wasn't a basket case and this is a little bit i mean Hillary's Cambodia is Libya
0: I think that's an accurate statement
1: so I think the entire well,
0: arab spring I, i'll I'll go a step further i think the entire arab mm-hmm. spring was was that was her cambodia moment along with obama
1: yeah and then when I was looking, you mentioned off-air, you know, we were just talking about what was going on in the world. And so when I was preparing for the Redux, I looked in to see uh, what's going on. And there's COP28 in Dubai. Yes. So I'm looking at all the people over there. Now there you've got um, Ke- John Kerry. Hillary Clinton is over there. John Podesta. Uh, Samantha Pod- Power. Podesta
0: there? I didn't know Podesta was there.
1: Yeah. Podesta's there.
0: Well, well, Hillary's there. He has to be there, doesn't he?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, you've got uh, Alice Albright, the daughter of Madeline Albright. And she's a little player, yeah. She's yeah, a banker I, turned.
0: Yeah, I I thought she got some position. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking it was uh, okay. May, maybe I'm thinking John Kerry's daughter. I think she just got a big UN appointment for something to do with climate, uh, or it could have been Albright. I, I'm not sure, but it was one of the two.
1: Um, I'm not I'm not sure about that. Um, Albright has, she's the CEO, uh, the head of a. Uh, nonprofit. She started in Millennium. Okay. Right. Some, it must have yeah. been,
0: yeah, it must have been uh, John Kerry's daughter I'm thinking of then.
1: Mm-hmm. And so the thought that came to me when I was recording the little intro to the Redux is, you know, yeah, Hen- Henry Kissinger is something else, just, you know, a terrifying man, I think. Um, but when I look at all of these people, I see legion, and that's, that's the limb I'm going out on. I see something that I cannot see as human.
0: That is a, I, I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. I have to give you that because these, these people with their policies, I don't even think cold is the right word for it, is it? That, that's not even the right word. It's, it's sinister. It's not, Yeah. It, it's evil. The, the types of policies that they that they instill, if that makes sense, because whether uh, you whether you like Kissinger or not, or what, whether you think he was a statesman and a man of peace or whatever, I don't care which headline you follow. The fact is is that what he did was absolutely devastating to the West, and so are all of these disciples that have followed him and followed his policies.
1: Yeah, there are. I, I mean, the current Secretary of State is this, you know, Anthony Blinken, and he's you know, all of the usual clubs that he's involved in, he going and speaking at the Aspen Institute on a regular enough basis. You know, he's been in the Middle East now for, I'm not sure that he's been there solidly for six weeks, but what's really going on over there? You know, now he's going to make an appearance at COP28, but what is he really negotiating? What are they Are they divvying up resources? Are they, you know, what's happening? We don't know. Well, we will never know. What we can see if we look at the fruits of their work, if you want to call it work, the fruits of their work are destruction and chaos, death, starvation, suffering, disease, forced sterilization, war after war after war. How can you call this human? I I understand, you know, a big thing with Alan was look at the man or the woman in the mirror, assess and see. And something that I put up of not that long ago, I think it was a short piece, was an excerpt from one of his talks. And he said, you know, if there wasn't a devil then it would have to be invented because the alternative would be that people would have to look at themselves and see that whatever atrocities other people were committing, they themselves had the potential to commit. And that's very true. But on the other hand, Alan has said way more than one time, language, the things, that, the way that we describe something, he would say, are we looking at a psychopath? or are we looking at someone who is demonically possessed? And if I was if I I was in the Catholic tradition just say because there are other traditions who cast out demons, but if I was in the Catholic tradition, I would look at the people like we've been discussing as the perfectly possessed. These are people who you know, I mean again, we're just we're, we're just talking here. We're out we're just on the talking. limb. Yeah, that's all we're doing. we just
0: talking. And you know what? Here in a second, they're going to be talking, and then you, the listener, you can make your own mind up.
1: <laughs> but I, I mean, it's out on the limb here. These people appear to have made their deal with the devil, and they're perfectly comfortable with it. And not only are they perfectly comfortable with it, but most of them have reached a point where they no longer care to conceal who they are from the public. They're that confident so that you can have someone like Hillary Clinton, who is so disconnected from reality that she could make a comment like that, cackle maniacally. And it never seemed to cross her mind that the average man or woman listening to that would be horrified
0: or should be if they're not Sh- should uh, because be. what's that what's to stop that from happening to to you in your neighborhood right what's to stop right. that people were were saying at the time uh, this has been several years ago but uh, this is back when Obama was president i've always been a man of conviction i believe in the rule of law Right, I, I believe that everybody deserves a, a trial, no matter what they have done. Right, you deserve a fair trial. If we don't have a fair system of jurisprudence, then who are we? Right. So it's got it's got to be that way. We were founded on on the principles of having a fair trial by jury. And if you don't get that, no matter what your crime, then what does that say about us? And I remember when there was a drone attack that was ordered by Obama to kill Anwar Al-Awlaki, which was one of the Al Qaeda top guys who had dinner at the Pentagon, by the way. But People were cheering that. I remember people were cheering that. They were they were cheering that on. And I thought, hang on a minute, he was an American citizen. Shouldn't that concern you? What's to stop? And you know, of course, I'm looking at it in a different light because I'm living overseas. What's to stop that from happening to someone like me? What's to stop that? Just as an example, uh, because there's no there's no rule of law when you do that. If you're a U.S. citizen of all things, that should concern you very deeply. At least in my humble opinion. I would think. And it's the same thing with Gaddafi. When you assassinate another world leader like that, that should concern you.
1: Yeah, it, it, it should. I mean, this is, it's mob mentality. I mean, the rule of law is kind of a tricky concept for me. Um, ideally, yes, that's how it should be. But I tend to wander back to Plato and his dialogues in the Republic And the thing that I, and I should reread that again, it's been so many years, but the big takeaway for me was that justice is not important. Justice does not matter, but the appearance of justice is crucial. It must appear to people that justice has been done. And so that's a kind of a scary thing about the rule of law is, especially if you get into the Freemasonic control over the court system and, you know, the brotherhoods that are attorneys and judges, et cetera, et cetera. Is justice meted out or do we get the appearance of justice? Just you know, just a thought. But if we don't even if we don't even care about the appearance, we're pretty far gone. And when the when the mob, when the crowd is jeering for these people's deaths, American citizen, as you point out.
0: Uh, and there's no scary. Yeah, it is scary because you, you look at the people that are that are doing this. And I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like uh, Obama was a disciple of Kissinger. Kissinger was actually a part of his um, his administration. He was a special envoy of the State Department at the time, I believe. These types of people, they're the ones that that hand down this type of policy. And it becomes very dangerous to the average person because what are we seeing now? And I, I can tie this into now. What are we seeing now? We're seeing a flipping of the agenda on everybody that has a thought about what these people are actually doing. Mm -hmm. So this becomes very dangerous. And I I remember I was pointing this out to to people at the time when that happened. And I said, do you not understand that this can be flipped back around on itself onto you, the average American citizen? Do you not understand this? People laughed at me. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to this John Kerry clip. And then I have, uh, there he is in all his glory. And then I have a clip of, uh, of Hillary that you, you quoted there about, um, uh, so she she had some death numbers or something, and you wanted to challenge everything that she had brought up.
1: A bit of it. A bit of it. Yeah, yeah, OK.
0: So here is John Kerry, and then we will get to Hillary after that. The scientists are saying this moment is alarming. It's without precedent. It is terrifying, some have said. And others will say we are in uncharted territory. So that is why it is critical that we include all greenhouse gases in the next round of the nationally determined contributions or NDCs that will be finalized by 2025. And I'm really heartened, we're all encouraged, that China, President Xi and Xi Jinping's work and his team committed to do this in sunny lands Right. Yeah. So China's going to commit to carbon neutral numbers. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so let me see. You wanted. Okay, so here's Hillary on her death numbers.
1: We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate. And by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened. They recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, And particularly pregnant women.
0: Yes, we had to throw the women and children in there, didn't we? We always have to put the women and children at the forefront. Um, The number of deaths that you will find in Asia largely come from China, uh, (laughs) at least per capita. And that is from poor air quality. That is not from climate change.
1: That's right. Well, there were a couple of things that I, I thought of when I heard her say that. And the first was when you're talking about deaths because of heat in Europe, you're really talking about people who cannot afford air conditioning. Let's just get right down to it. How else are people in Europe dying? I mean, unless she's I mean, she doesn't say where where she's pulling in her numbers, how she's arriving at this. And she doesn't say that because this is a speech that was written for her to be alarmist and over the top. But they're they're telling us And they've been telling us for decades now, we are going to take away your energy. You are not allowed to drive a car. You're not going to be allowed to heat yourself, to cool yourself, because we're going to jack these costs up through the roof. So when she threw that 61,000 number out there, the first thing I thought is none of that coverage, none of it did you ever hear on a case-by-case or a few thousand here or a few thousand there as the event was happening. It's almost as if like when you do the keyword search and try to verify this, oh, interestingly, all of the articles that are citing this crazy number have just recently come out. So nobody cared about people dying from heat-related illness or whatever until COP28 is actually convened. The second part of that is that what is true, what is true, particularly in Great Britain, and I think that the rest of Europe, because I've actually looked, I've looked very hard over the years in places like Germany and France, etc. because it is extremely disturbing to me that old people primarily, but old people and some younger, poor people in Great Britain, to the tune of many thousands per year, die every single winter because they cannot afford to heat themselves. This is not climate change. This is forced austerity. This is poverty. It it happens all over the world. I do know that it happens in the United States too, where particularly the elderly are forced to choose between heating themselves or paying some other bill or eating, where people have to eat. You know, I I mean, I don't want to sound like this is a script written for me to be alarmist, but this is true. People are, are forced to eat things like inexpensive pet food so that they can survive. These are harsh realities, but everything is blamed on the climate, 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 because it's a huge, gigantic con, Then she gets into the 5,000 and Africa, et cetera, et cetera. I think at some point I heard her say, now maybe I misheard it, but I, I heard her say that the U.S. doesn't keep these kind of records. We don't get these kind of numbers. So I actually looked up to see in 2022... How many people died from what they called heat-related illness in the U.S. for all of the states combined? What do you think that number was in 2022, uh, according to a government website?
0: Well, I'm actually interested to know that we actually have a statistic that reports that. So I I couldn't Wait, even have uh, you <laughs> to guess. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to pick a number off the top of my head. I'm going to say between 10 and 15,000.
1: 148 people.
0: 148. 148 people, not 148,000. 148 No, 100,
1: 148.
0: People. Okay. Well, that's not climate change.
1: No. Now, uh, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's lies, there's damned lies, and there's statistics. Yes. Who are you going to, you know... <laughs> I can't believe we actually count this. Uh, we count everything because there are, <laughs> you know, there there are either lunatics or you know entities that are in charge.
0: You know, th- this th- I've been hearing this this term, um, and it's not a it's not a new term, but it's been slowly introduced, and we started to see it right after two thousand and eight. You know, that thing that banking crisis that should not have happened, but we bailed everything out, right? That mm-hmm. thing. I started to hear the word. They've had an entire generation to get used to this word. It's called austerity. Mm-hmm. And it's been slowly introduced into all of our vocabularies. And they backed off of it for a little while. They were pushing it for a few years. But now they're starting to bring it back. But they're not calling it austerity this time. They're calling it climate change. That's what they're calling yes. it. They're saying, we have to do this. We have to reduce this. We have to reduce that because you're consuming too much. We're going to charge you more for less. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's that's exactly what it. You know, Alan used to point out. He used to say, "Let's call it what it is. This is not austerity. This is poverty."
0: Yes, that's you exactly. Know, and
1: I, mean. I and and perhaps people were catching on that when your government told you that you needed a haircut or you had to tighten your belt, you know, that that was poverty. That 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 the government was saying we plan on impoverishing
0: you. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, how they've turned everyone into, in the West, primarily, they've turned everyone into consumers, and then they, they get you addicted to this lifestyle, and then they remove everything. Uh-huh. It's incredible how that's been done.
1: Yeah, but there's no doubt, though, we, we are being quickly, quickly herded into the new system now. And, you know, there, there, there've been a lot of things that they've cried over the years, but climate change does seem to be the one that's working the best for them.
0: Yeah, that that one does.
1: You know, here's the thing too, Johnny, is that it works on most people. Does
0: it though? It it works. Uh, Do you think so? Because I I I see it from the, you know, like the loonies and stuff out there, but I, and I do see it from a lot of the business people. I do see it from that, but I think that we could take another route with that. And we could actually say that a lot of this that is adopted by the mainstream business people and things, they all come from these institutions. They teach this stuff in the universities, this climate change stuff. And and if you don't uh, if you don't adhere to that, you don't pass the class, you don't get to move on to the, the higher degrees, you don't get your, quote, education, so you can go into one of these positions. So you have to believe in that mantra. You have to, to repeat that uh, like a good little parrot, so you can get your piece of paper and go get your two hundred thousand dollars a year job,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's the sad thing about humans, I, so you know, the the point there is that it doesn't, you know, the propaganda doesn't really work, but people go along anyway, but the end result is the same.
0: it is, yes. um I, I actually i saw I saw today. It was just one of those off headlines that I saw, and I can't go, I've been trying to go back and find it, but people are saying that um, this new system that you were you were mentioning there—it's just a the way that they trialed it during COVID. It's just a way of of dragging us down into you know it was a trial run for communism. Really, that's what it is. You don't have any of this stuff under that type of totalitarian rule. You don't have energy. You don't have food. You don't have right. um, You know you, you don't have free movement. Nothing. It's nothing like that at all. To that right. point, I thought we would kind of move over into this. What do you think about these? Hey, because they want to do this in the name of climate change, so this is a good good way to, to move over to this. What do you think about these bugs that they want everybody to eat? Klaus Schwab, you know, eat the bugs, you know, that, that kind of thing. What, what are your thoughts on that, this insect protein they want to turn everybody into and they want to make everybody vegans?
1: Well, I think that if if a young person wants to become a really successful social media influencer... They might consider a cooking show devoted to bugs.
0: That is true, yes. Uh, now, oh, yeah. this, is, this is interesting because there's a, there's a company here, and you're going to know this company as soon as I say it. There's a company here that has a lot of ties to the Clintons, uh, Tyson Foods. <laughs> they, um, ah. uh, yeah, they are at the, uh, the forefront of this. They're one of the largest meat producers in the U.S., and they have invested heavily into an insect protein supplier called Protex. And they're, they're, it's interesting how they're, they're doing this. They intend to expand on the insect ingredients business, and they're going to start putting this into the food supply. They're going to start lacing their products with it. And they're not going, they're fighting to get that taken off of the label of ingredients. So when it does roll out, they can just say, well, it's already been there. You've already been doing this for years. So there's no big deal for you to move into it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look. I I don't think that they'll have a problem. I mean, this this is really grisly and terrible. But aborted fetal tissue is in products that are consumed.
0: That is true. Very prominent soft drink. I've I've heard a time or two. Uh,
1: yes, and it, you know that they keep trying to debunk that, but what they can't debunk is it's in a whole slew of women's products, you know, face creams and serums and tinctures. (laughs) It's, you know, if, if people are, if people will go along with that without outrage, without boycotts, then I think they'll go along with, you know, ground up cricket.
0: Yeah, uh, there was there was actually something that I saw. Maybe I can go back and I can find it. This was back in July. Okay, so this was this was last year. This was. Um, Prior to the uh, Davos meeting last year, this was Robert Downey Jr. on. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) I have to. This was Robert Downey Jr. on Stephen Colbert. That's an even bigger all now. Uh, Uh, And he just so happens that Robert Downey Jr. is a big World Economic Forum guy, right? He's an honored guest every year. And he just so happens to have major investments in all of these insect protein products that he's going to be so happy to sell you. This was him on Colbert talking about how great these things are take a listen to this
2: now what is this this looks like i could make cocoa with this what is right what is that well Uh, That's an insect-based premium protein. It's made from Molitor, which is mealworm larvae. Uh, The company is called Insect. This is Infras. This is for fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And as you have there, this is a powder derived from the mealworm and it's a insect protein, just been approved by the EU for human consumption. You're not just getting me to eat dirt, are you? (laughs) No, man, I wouldn't play you, bro. We're like one we're like one entity now. It that is, is. if this is protein, it's essentially tasteless. It's just a protein supplement? Exactly. I can put and this I mean, in a smoothie or something? I'm telling you. Yep, and they'll be making all kinds of stuff out of it. And by the way, it is the, the the making of it is severely reducing the the amount of emissions it takes. It is it is a innovation just in we're doing something incorrectly if we make this switch it's a huge, huge uh, intervention.
0: That's a huge intervention. You see, you see how healthy that's going to be for you.
1: Well, I. it's interesting to me that he says to Colbert, I wouldn't play you, man. We're the same entity. (laughs) (laughs) We're the same entity now. I mean, what was I saying about these secretaries of state? They're legion.
0: Uh Yes, you got it.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you know, Okay. well, first of all, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, before his— Wife came along before he got a new wife who cleaned him up. I mean, he famously got so bombed out of his skull that he wandered into some neighbor's home down the street, went into their child's room and went to sleep. Because he thought he was in his own home. That's what he said to the horrified homeowner when she discovered him. That's Robert Downey Jr. That is
0: Robert Downey so, Jr., yeah.
1: you know, okay, I mean, you know, knock yourself out, man, if you want to eat ground-up mealworm. But no thank you, not for me. Uh, it, the, it, what, what you're looking at is uh, oh, I, I was prostitution. I couldn't get that. I couldn't get that word in my head fast enough. I just all I could think of was whoredom. But you're looking at prostitution, people who will do anything, say anything, promote anything for a paycheck. And in that way, yeah, you better believe it. They're all one entity.
0: And you can tell he's reading from a script, like an ad that was prepared for yeah. the company you, because yeah. he stops for a second. He's looking down at the, we're, we're doing things uh, incorrectly and, and we need to cut down on the emissions. And it's like, you can see him looking down at the paper. That's just off. That's the right.
1: And I tell, I don't know for sure that, I mean, I'm, I, this is kind of a joke that you can tell an actor by the roles that they play or the characters that they do. I mean, no, not really, but. Think about his big role, Stark, the weapons manufacturer. Oh,
0: Man. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. He's a weapons manufacturer. Well, there you go.
0: Well, I tell you what, let's spend the last few minutes here on the other topic that you emailed me about this morning. So let's talk about debanking and deplatforming. This is not something that you and I are a stranger to. As a matter of fact, I think you were one of the first to get debanked and deplatformed all those years ago, even before COVID that happened to you. Actually,
1: it was was at the height of COVID. Oh, was it? Okay, I thought it was before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But anyhow, let's let's get into that, because that that's interesting. I just got we've been turned down by PayPal twice uh, and we even tried to do it under a different name and they still won't ha- they still won't have it. So it, this is not an isolated incident. And, and it just it keeps up that way.
1: Well, I, I yes, I, I mean, I am sensitive to it, but to, I think in early to mid-November, an article came out in The New York Times that was pretty scary. It was about mass scale debanking and how it was purported to happen was just AI algorithms saying there's some unusual activity here on this bank. But according to the article, it was almost uniformly across the board, small businesses who were being targeted. Now, if you think about Operation covid One of the big outcomes, and I'm sure that this was a desired outcome that was successfully achieved, was the the absolute decimation of many, many, many small and mid-sized businesses that just went went under, they're never going to recover. So this is like mop up. If we can just debank you, we're going to get the rest of it because- In the New York Times article, the chaos that was created in these small businesses, what is happening here? It's a little different than the PayPal situation, but what is happening is that people are getting these kind of form letters or form communications from the bank saying, we're no longer going to bank with you because of blah, blah, irregularities. Sometimes these people are getting letters and the debanking is not even being explained. And they go down to their local branch. They may know well the people there at that branch who help them set up their accounts, et cetera. And there's just much, oh, dear, well, we can't do anything. This is headquarters. And the way that it's being explained to them, a case that, that comes to mind from that article was, I, I think it was from a partners. They weren't husband and wife, but a man and a woman who were partners in a small pub type business, like a bar cafe, and they had a completely above board accounting system of moving cash from here to there and tallying up. They would do some roundups until it was time for their monthly accounting. This wasn't hinky. Nothing that they were doing was hinky. It was above board. It was with the accountant, but this was the excuse that they got for being debanked. So it throws them in an absolute crisis because they've got to meet payroll. They can't access their money. Now they're starting over with another. And so they may not be able to make payroll for a whole week or two. And this is happening over and over in in many hundreds, even into the thousands of businesses who are just randomly being debanked. And I had kind of filed that away in my mind. And then yesterday, I I get the... (laughs) Uh, you know, some kind of newsletter or something from Joseph Marcola, and a lot of the stuff that he does is health. But he's got a pretty big team, and they cover a lot of interesting things. And then the letter that he put out yesterday was reminding people that he had been debanked. I think this was more than a month ago now. Maybe it was back in the summer. It could have been as long ago as July. But he was doing a reminder on it, and their 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 story was kind of similar it's irregularities and what mercola was saying in this article is the irregularities that they are pointing to are money laundering kinds of red flags and he said you know there's nothing of that sort Everything has always been completely legitimate by the book, et cetera, et cetera. So what they did to Mercola was they debanked his corporation, whatever that's called. But then they went further. They debanked his CFO and his CEO or COO, I'm not sure the organizational level there, but two top people that he described as having been with him for many, many years So Mercola is a small business, but, you know, I don't know how many employees he has, but he has known these people forever, many, many, many years. They debanked them in their personal accounts. So they struck out at the families of his employees. And you mentioned me that what had happened, you know, Alan passed away in March of 2021. And I was making plans to return to the U.S. And just one morning I checked the email and there's this form letter personalized that says PayPal is no longer doing business with you because products that you sell are in violation of our community guidelines. That's a pretty broad statement.
0: We've had the same thing when we when we get a response back. They're like, well, um, you do this, this and this to violate our community guidelines. And it's like, well, that could mean anything. You know, they don't give you a, a specific reason as to what you did. If we get thrown off of YouTube, which has happened before, they don't tell you what you did. They, no. just, they just say, well, you violated our community guidelines. Well, in your terms of service that we actually read, you know, that 65 pages of things that people never read that we actually go through. They actually say in there that they reserve the right to change their terms of service whenever they want and not inform you about it. So that means they can throw you off whenever they want. And Patreon right. is the same way. Yeah. I know somebody that it's- had a YouTube channel that had a quarter million subscribers and they were lost. They were lost. I mean, that was, that was a, a good chunk of, uh, of their income as far as like content creation. And all of a sudden it was just one day got to go for no reason.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, the, what, what, what interested me about that, that situation when it happened to me was Alan had passed away. Everything that was being sold where it was people who were concerned, you know, was anyone going to be running the website? Were they, you know, so there were some, you know, orders for books and discs that were coming in, wanted to make sure that they got them before things went away. But for all of those years, that is who Alan used to process payments on, you know, for, from people via their credit or their debit card. Same material being sold, nothing new, but all of the sudden, it violated their community guidelines. Now, I had been paying attention and I had noticed, I had heard that uh, Ezra Levant of Rebel Media in Canada had been debanked in that same way from PayPal about a month before me. And the, his, the letter that he received was identical. He publicized it, he made videos about it, and put it up on his website. And the exact same day that that happened to me, it happened to um, American Vagabond. And American Vagabond was who Whitney Webb was associated with. I don't know, she may still do stuff there. I don't know. I can't keep up. But, you know, so the, so the, the same week that it happened to me, it happened to American Vagabond and one other person. I, I can't recall who it was now, but another alternative voice. Identical form letters. And there's no recourse. There's nothing that you can do. That's it. And for small people who are just trying, you know, in my case, Alan had listeners from Ireland and Australia and Germany and South Africa and the United States and across Canada. And you're just looking at trying to find a way for them to send money so that they can, you know, make a little donation or they can order a book or a disc. It's very simple. You're not you're not running a huge corporation. I'm sure that that is the same thing for somebody like American Vagabond or you, you know, in the case of Mercola and Ezra Levant, you're dealing with, you know, pretty big staffs comparatively. There's a lot of impact there.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you're dealing and you're also dealing with larger financial institutions, I'm assuming that they're not using or well, they might be using PayPal or something, but they're going to be dealing with places like uh, Chase Bank and, and things like that, you know, the, the bigger, the bigger banks.
1: Well, Mercola. And that's even more serious. Yes. Mercola was debanked by J.P. Morgan Chase. And in the article, I can, uh, well, I already did send you the link, but in the article, he talks about the... Um, and that's Jamie Diamond, uh, and he makes he makes some very interesting connections. Marcola does in this article, pointing out to you the connections that J.P. Morgan Chase has to um, Jeffrey Epstein and um, Bill Gates.
0: Uh huh. And, and when you say Jamie Diamond, you uh, don't have to go too far to make connections with that guy, too.
1: Yeah. And of course, you know that's the the. The seedier side of things, if you want to call it the the black market, well, I I, I think Gates is trying to be, a, you know, not in the black market, but you know, we're talking gangsters. But you know, then they have what they call the above board gangsters. So that you you when you're looking at something like J P Morgan Chase, you're looking at people who are fully on board with the agenda. They've got all the DEI. Um, diversity, equity, inclusion programs. They've got all of the sustainability and Mercola points to the um, woman. I can't remember what her name was now, but a big appointment that she has. So she's working for Chase, but she's also part of this. Basically, it's just internet censorship organization. So this is what's happening. I mean, it's been happening for years and for several years, but it's really ramping up. The little independent voices are going to go the way of the dodo because we're not going to be allowed to have any income, pay any, you know, pay our bills, This, this say kind of anything. Thing.
0: Yeah, this, this kind of thing. I honestly, and I, I can't, I can't see any glimmer of hope from places like the the Justice Department. I think the Justice Department in the U.S. is just, I think it's, it's finished. Um, but this kind of thing should not be allowed. That should not be allowed. You should not be arbitrarily able to just shut off someone's income because you don't agree with what they say. That should not be allowed.
1: Well, I I think it would be helpful, and maybe you and I can start it right now today on this show, is if we stopped saying Chinese social credit system. Let's just call it the social credit system. Social
0: credit system. Yeah, because that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's, and we China, are under it. Yeah, China was just the beta test. Bruce and I have that's been saying right. that for years. We've been saying it for years.
1: Well, it's 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 here, and you're feeling the effects of it. I have felt the effects of it, and you just you know you you hope that you can hang on a little bit longer and say what you think needs to be said, or you know get a really well, that's, old that's fine. typewriter.
0: <laughs> that's fine. They're not going to shut me up. I don't care. You know, it's it's got to be said and it's got to be said by somebody. uh, And I don't see very many other people saying it. You know, you're one. And of course, you know, there's there's many others, but not very many people, not enough people. I'll just put it that way.
1: No, in in the in the face of what we're going through, it's an absolute horror show. Uh, there's not enough people who are speaking out that's for sure
0: We're coming up here on the uh, the final few minutes. would you like to tell us about what you're working on on cutting through the matrix and about your upcoming podcast?
1: Yes, thank you uh, I've been a little bit slowed down as you you' we we have our cameras going here and you can see I'm bandaged <laughs> so i'm I'm working at a slower pace uh, my Real history that I had scheduled for this week, unfortunately, had to cancel the recording. I wasn't feeling that great anyway, but they they really weren't feeling well. So I'm thinking that I may put up a tiny little thing anyway. So I think it's going to be kind of hit and miss and sporadic for this month on that. But the Redux, I will commit to every Sunday and just see how I get through December Uh So that's it. There's always something happening at cutting through the matrix. You can be, you can rest assured of that.
0: Indeed there is. Well, I will see you in two weeks. Yes, that's right. All right. We will go ahead and call this one done. Again, that is Melissa from cutting I encourage all of our listeners to get over there and take a look at the treasure trove of information that she and the other curators maintain the life collected works of the late, great Alan Watt. And her podcast is real history with Melissa. That is everywhere you get your podcasts. That will do it for us for today. Thank you for being here today, Melissa. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.